Welcome to Demand Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demondcast. My guest is the host of the Magical Menage with the Mary Jane Maven podcast. She is also the third third of the Ladies of Woodcrest from the Boondocks podcast. She's enthused, shrews, and cannabis-infused. Give it up for Mary Jane Maven! Thank you. That is the best intro that I have ever had. I think I want to hire you to go ahead and intro me anytime I step into anywhere. I mean, that's the grocery store, <laughs> that is, you know, at, at an event. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be a guest. And, I mean, you just woke me up there. Thank you. I love that. It's, I feel like I should have been accepting a, a Grammy, an Oscar, an Emmy. Um, like, I should have been walking down a red carpet. I like that. I like that. I don't, man, keep that. I think I might. Can I be a guest again, just so I can hear it again? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll come up with another six questions. We've had I've had a couple of uh, return guests, so absolutely there is precedent in the Demond Podcast universe. <laughs> oh, I love it, love it. Well, I'm happy to be a guest in your universe today. I'm super excited to. I don't want to say finish off this collab, but, you know, a collab is, you know, kind of reciprocal and it's a, it's a, it goes in a circle and you've been on my show and uh, now I'm on your podcast and I really do appreciate it. Actually, tell them about your podcast, Menage with the Mary Jane Maven podcast. Tell them yeah. about, tell my people, tell my homies, tell all the ears that are listening about <laughs> the show I co-hosted. Tell them about it. Yes, my little session, I like to call it. Um, yes, so Menage with the Mary Jane Maven is the, I want to say the media portion, the, the media content of a larger brand, which is the Mary Jane Maven. I am motivated to educate, eradicate, and elevate when it comes to cannabis, and I like to call it the power flower. Um, you know, I want to be able to provide education. I want to be able able to provide a viewpoint of a cannabis lifestyle and how it can definitely improve your wellness and, and just over your overall lifestyle. So my podcast is a menagerie of, of different things. So it is pop culture. It is talking about cannabis. Like I said, we provide some great education. So I like to call it edutainment. So we're, you know, we're, we're keeping you entertained, but we're also educating you. Music is a big part of my life. Music and cannabis go well together. So really just, you know, kind of wrap it up. It's a session where we can kind of get together, you know, and reward those that are doing fantastic things within our universe, within the cannabis realm, within entrepreneurship. You know, I like to talk about the mess. When I had you on, you know, my show, I brought up some information that you were like, I don't even know that. So I have to let you know. I have to, you know, get you informed on, on the pop can of culture as well, as I like to call it. So it's a good time. If you are somebody that is interested in living a cannabis lifestyle, if you're somebody that does and, you know, you want to be able to sit and elevate and, and just have a good time listening to a really fun, honest and, um, you know, just 
kind of in your face, unapologetic podcast, and we're the one for you. So, you know, we want to menage with me, sesh with me. People look at that a little different ways and whichever way you look at it, I love it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun and I record live every Wednesday and I do video and audio. So you can join me and have some good fun. Right on. So, MJ, are you ready for the six questions? I am. I feel like I'm like Sway on Sway's universe when he says, you know, the five fingers of death when people have to freestyle. I feel like I'm getting ready for that. So, but yes, I am prepared. (laughs) Question number one. When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting? And I guess it would be also cannabis. We'll start off with podcasting, and it's it's really a funny story. Way back in the day, I really wanted to be on radio. And, I mean, I had my, you know, my tagline, you know, my end of the show kind of tagline to let people know it's, like, you know, it's the end of the time here with me. Come back tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. I had my whole, whole little thing, and I'm actually going to see if I can remember it. It used to be, well, I can tell by the clock on the wall that it's time for me to leave all of y'all. But always remember. That's your haters. Be your motivators. Oh, I did remember it. Oh, yes. So that was my, <laughs> that was my kind of inspiration for a radio show that I was going to have. You know, life happens. You start to get into other things. You, you know, get into a career. Got married, had children. And that wasn't just something that was in my, you know, my, my realm or, or just even in my rear view. You know, it's not something that I thought of. I always was creative. Um, I used to sing and I, you know, wrote poetry and, and short novels and things. And I just noticed that for a time I was really focused on kind of building my career and doing what I thought I was supposed to do, which was, you know, be married, work, provide for my children, you know, just have that nine to five and, and do what everybody else, you know, was doing every single day. But I wasn't allowing myself to be creative. And I'm about, gosh, what is this, 21? So about five, six years ago, I read The Alchemist. And that really helped me to take off on this journey that I needed to have. And this journey was definitely helping me to step out of living in fear and to step into living my purpose. So at that time, I was in a pretty successful sales career, but I just wasn't happy. Went to work one day. I was late. I'll say that very late. Hubby dropped me off. I walked in, I went and talked to everybody about their three-day weekend. I mean, I did everything but work. And by the time, about three hours later that I decided it was time for me to sit down and do some work, my mind was made up and I put in my resignation. And at that point, I knew that I needed to really find and tap into what not only my passion truly was, but what my purpose is. Because you find you define your passion, you're going to be able to discover your purpose. Reading The Alchemist definitely helped. I'm kind of going through a rough time with losing somebody who was very, very important to us in our lives. Also, was kind of a catalyst. And I just decided one day, it was just like, you know, I like to say the big, you know, bud fell off the, the tree of the good plant and hit me right on the head and was like, cannabis. Um, if I have a story to tell with that. Multiple sclerosis lives with me. And I've used cannabis to live a healthier lifestyle and to live the quality of life that I always saw for myself. I wasn't going to let, you know, an illness manifest and define and determine what my life was going to be. So it kind of all came together. 
you know, I believe when you ask for something, you got to be prepared for it to happen because the universe is going to provide for you if you're ready for, for that to happen. And I was ready. And a few months, the creation of the Mary Jane Maven came into play. And I'd say it's been about a year and a half now that my husband said, you know what? You listen, you listen to these podcasts, you talk back to them as if they can hear you. You speak as if you're the third, you know, host or whatever it may be. Why don't you go ahead and start your own? And there we go. Then, you know, Minaj with Mary Jane Maven came into fruition. And here we are a year and a half later. We're in more than 15 uh, different countries within the state here where with, uh, we have business, uh, viewers and listeners within, I think it's 25 now. So we're in about half the states in the country. It's something that I love to do. And it's led me to opportunities of, you know, being a, a host on the, the Boondock podcast. And I have two other podcasts that will be coming out pretty soon as well. So, yeah, you know, when you listen, you let go of the control, you will find your purpose. And like I said, the universe will provide everything for you to be able to get you there. That is awesome. <laughs> I wish I had a follow-up, but that was so amazing. Um, <laughs> actually, I do. Okay, so I asked the other two ladies as well. I, I like calling y'all the ladies of Hillcrest. Uh, if y- Y'all need to put that on a hey. t-shirt. I'm working on them all right now. I'm working on the merch right now. So, yeah, maybe I'll hit you up offline and we'll, you know, we can come up with some ideas together. Right on. Okay, so I've asked uh, the other ladies this very question as well. So from your perspective, tell me how the Boondocks podcast came to be. Well, you know, once again, the universe knows what it's doing. Um, I wasn't on Twitter, basically just stuck to Instagram, a little bit of Facebook, but mostly, you know, doing my, I want to say advertising, but doing my posting and things through like my YouTube and my Instagram. I came across another podcaster and she said, oh, you need to get on Twitter. There is a whole like community there, especially with black podcasters, you know, lots of support. Get back on there. I had Twitter a couple of years ago and when I was doing pop culture vlogging, I had one as well. I, I happened to to get back on Twitter and, you know, in the process of making sure that I post a couple of times a day and really just trying to build my followers and really just trying to build my exposure, I came across a tweet that said, do you like boondocks? Are you a fan of the boondocks? And I speak in either movie quotes, television quotes, or song quotes. <laughs> That's how it communicates. I have my favorite boondocks, um, you know, quotes that, that, you know, we throw out there every once in a while. And something just told me to respond. I don't know who was putting it out. I even take, I don't even think I looked at the profile of who tweeted out. I just DM'd and said, I'm interested, you know, let me know. And at that time, I thought it was more of being a guest and coming on, you know, and talking about certain episodes. I then got into a very lengthy um, DM conversation with our producer, Dean. And then he and I had a um, a brief phone conversation. And then we set up a time for Dean and T and they are husband and wife. And she is another host on the show, of course. We got on a, a Zoom call and what was supposed to be, I think, like 30 minutes ended up being an hour and a half, almost two hours. What? Yeah. Yeah. We just really hit it off right from then. I mean, I knew probably about 30 minutes in pretty much offered me to be on, you know, to be on, on the, the hosting um, panel. And my husband had just walked into the room and he's looking at me like, did you just get offered? I was like, I think so. We're like mouthing to each other. 
but yeah, by the end of it, he's like, okay, so when can you tape? We have another host. Um, she's out there in California with you. We'll be doing this remotely. We just kind of talked about, you know, the logistics. And I believe it was a week or two later, we did our kind of um, pilot episode. And we've been the ladies of Woodcrest ever since. It, it works. Um, I think we we represent the the wide range of what black women or who, of who black women are. Black people are not a monolith, although many people like to look at us as that. But I think we have a good um, representation of just how black women are can be represented and are represented within our country and our society. So, you know, we we have good conversations. We've definitely had some kerfuffle. What is it? Kerfuffle. Couple. Yeah, that's, that sounds that sounds about right. There you go. That sounds about right. We've definitely had a few of those, but we kind of con- we consider each other family. So, you know, we were able to get past those. And thanks to Dean and to my husband, who's like my producer on this side, you know, they they kind of keep us together because if not, we would probably have three and four hour episodes. <laughs> we always say that it's like therapy every week. You know, we can be going through something, not feeling well, and then we get on, you know, online with each other and, you know, whatever else was bothering us is uh, gone. So, yeah, it's it's a blessing. I'm so thankful to Dean and to my co-host and to our listeners. Um, and more importantly, like I said, to the universe, because this was already planned before I even thought about it. So once again, you know, you got to let that control go and just kind of go with what you you were passionate about and everything will kind of work out for you. And I, I keep seeing that, you know, it's a, it's a theme that keeps proving itself to be true within the last year or two years. So, yeah. <sighs> That's awesome. <laughs> so cool. It's always so nice to, when I get to talk to creatives and they, you I can, love it too. You can tell like their passion about their project and they're just, you can just feel the energy through the phone or through the, you know, you can just feel it. You're like, yeah. 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 It's like, it like I could, I'm, I'm here for it all day, all day. I love it. I love yes. it. I love that energy. That's what I was saying. If you, if you, if your listeners have not caught your, you know, your co-hosting appearance on my podcast, you have definitely do because I think we, we tapped into some, um, I don't want to say topics, but just some things that it's like, Hey, maybe it, it was like a light bulb that went off for you as well. You know about what your your broader purpose is here, and what you do with your content creation. I know I already said I'm ready for you to go ahead and you know get back on a different world, pod. But that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, <laughs> being able to freely create content is what's so rewarding about podcasting. Question number two: What do you wish you had known when you first started out? So when I started the podcast, I had co-hosts. The co-hosts, they, it, it's, it's not their purpose, not their passion. So I couldn't really hold it against them when what was going to happen naturally and what was meant to happen ended up being just me as the host. I wish I would have known that that was going to happen because I definitely did have a couple of months of doubt. Oh, this was it. My show was only going to last, you know, not even a year. I can't do this without them. You know, the the listeners and the subscribers and the fans that we built up were built up because they saw everybody as a whole. I can't do this. I can't do this. I wish I would have known that it was going to happen, learned the lesson that I needed to learn from it, and kept it moving sooner. 
because I won't say it was at a detriment to me, but I definitely do think that it was a detriment to to me, not to the show, but to me and in my creativity because I did not feel creative for a while. And a creative person feeling stifled is probably one of the worst things that could happen. So, yes, yes. You know, I wish I would have had just a little crystal ball that would have said, look, this is going to happen. You can't change it no matter what you do. This is going to happen. But you need to be prepared to learn, you know, to take the lesson, to walk away with the lesson and to allow that to make you stronger. Yeah, I definitely wish I would have known that. And I definitely wish that I would have kept in mind in the forefront. People come into your life for a purpose and for a time and for a season. Um, there's a reason for the seasons. And that's that's kind of the way that my co-hosts were and, and kind of a friendship. And I'm doing air quotes like you can see it. Friendships, you know, they, they, they had their purpose. Their season ended. And it was just time for me to keep going. And so here I am now, you know, and, and I actually, I like it more because it allowed for me to do the collaboration that I, that I set out for myself in the new year. I wanted to be able to collaborate with other podcasters, other creatives. And with me just being the sole host, it allows me to do that because it allows me to have you guys all on as guest co-hosts, which I think has actually made the show better. It seems like you need that freedom to be able to bring in different perspectives i like to manifest things i like to speak things into existence probably two years ago before i even started podcasting i i have my vision board here and on my vision board i remember putting that i was going to work with either charlemagne the god or kevin on stage kevin fredericks and i'm not sure if you know i'm most people know who charlemagne is i'm not sure if anybody is familiar with kevin fredericks or kevin on stage which you should be because he is such an inspirational and his glow up has just been so fantastic. I put it on a, you know, my vision board and I feel like when that situation happens, when it comes to fruition, that it would have been a kind of like, <laughs> like a five heartbeats type of deal. Like we don't want the rest of the heartbeats. We just want you, you know, type of situation. <laughs> I would have had to make the decision then. So I, I do really, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that. And like I said, I, I've learned from it. Um, and it's helped to make me just a better podcaster, I think. That's fascinating. Have you been networking long uh, we, we were t uh, with other podcasters? Is this a fairly new, when we were talking about collaboration a minute ago, is this fairly new for you or have you been doing this for a while? Well, I had on uh, my first season, I did have a couple of content creators and um, podcasters guest on the show, you know, just be a guest. Like I said, in that time that I had to kind of, you know, we had to rebrand kind of the, the show. I set a goal out for myself that I wanted to start collaboration. I, from sales, I will say, I was in sales for all that time and I learned a lot. And networking and collaboration are going to be two of your biggest assets and points to be able to get to success. You have to have those two things, networking and collaboration. You're not, if not, you're, you're not going to reach your end goal. With me doing education as the Mary J. Maven, with me hosting events, I was able to kind of create this network where, you know, it was either business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, creatives that maybe weren't exactly podcasters, but they were in that realm. But as I said, towards the end of last year, I decided that I was going to focus more on working with other podcasters. And because of great platforms like Podbooking and because of, you know, Twitter, because of dope black prop, um, pods, because of platforms like Afros and audio, 
it has allowed me to create those relationships with other podcasters, or at least be able to see those podcasters that I have something in common with and that they have collaboration in mind as well. So because of those different platforms and just me really going out and seeking them, it's been more of a recent thing. So I'd say the last six, seven months, it's been a focus of collaboration. And that's when it has come to just come to what it is today. This appearance with being on your show is going to be my eighth in seven months, eight months. So I think my goal was one a month and I think I'm pretty much on, on task with that. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. And just as we discovered on my show through, you know, people knowing people, somebody that I collaborated with, you know, who probably is somebody that nobody would ever think that I would collaborate with because our shows are so, so different and we are polar opposite type of people through the grapevine or through the connection, the six degrees of separation, you actually knew one of my guests as well, my guest co-host. So that comes to show you that even though we are spread across the country, the podcasting world and the podcasting community is pretty tight knit and it's a little family on its own. So if you want to, I'm recommending to anybody else that's interested, if you want to be able to start collaboration, it's not that tough. You don't have to actually be physically next to someone or know someone, you know, on a personal level. Just get out there and, you know, and start networking and, and let yourself be known and find other podcasters that have a common interest in collaboration as well. And then everything just kind of falls into place. Question number three. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? I will admit, I have to even ask my husband. I was like, what do I like to, what do I, I don't even know what I like to order. And then he goes, I don't know, because everywhere we go, you take 25 minutes to order. You know, <laughs> that husband comment wasn't needed. No, I, and it's actually, once I said it, he goes, oh, well, that's right. It, it was the place that he took me. And it's actually probably my favorite place to eat. And they had the best mushroom risotto. And let me tell you, when they come out with that fresh Parmesan cheese, you they they will shred that cheese for a good seventeen minutes, and <laughs> like they <laughs> what great. I mean, I just they go tell me when to stop. I'm like okay, and I pretty much just have a whole bowl or plate of cheese and a little bit of risotto by the time that I tell them to stop. But it is the mushroom risotto from Calzones in San Francisco, and because of you know the Corona, because of the coronation we've all been on. We haven't been there in a, a long time, but now that I mentioned it, that's a little hint out there to hubby. Get on the road and cross that bridge over into San Francisco and get some risotto. If I have to just go to anywhere on the on the daily, so let's just say, you know, we're taking the boys out to eat, it's a Wednesday. It would be Mexican food, enchiladas, and mole sauce. So that would be the secondary. How did you find out about these places? I think it was our second valentine's day together and he was being all cute and um <laughs> that he was taking me that he was taking me you know to a very special place and i don't know how he knew of it i don't know if that was like a prom place or what was it or you took another girl there he took probably took another girl there back in the day oh man oh he went there before going to the strip club one time so that <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> because it's not too far from the kind of strip club district of, of San Francisco. It's what, two blocks 
Yeah, like two blocks over. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's next to a very famous place called the Thinking Rose. Thinking, yes, yeah, Thinking Rose, which is the rose is, is a garlic. So all that you smell when you walk like on the block of that restaurant is garlic and everything there is delicious. Yeah, so he took me there for a Valentine's Day and I fell in love. The drinks were spot on, the risotto spot on. Who gives up, you know, taking a little trip over to San Francisco? When you live in California, especially Northern California, that's one of the many benefits is you are, you know, an hour away from the Golden Gate Bridge and from all the beautiful, you know, things that the Bay Area holds. And you're an hour away from the mountains if you want to go up in the snow. But we're black, so we don't like to do that too much. Question number four. What are you curious about? I'm curious about the universe. I'm curious about other life forms out there. I truly believe in our existence and our planet is like one of the the planets that are still trying it out. Like I think that like eons away is where everything is exactly how it's meant to be. There's long life, you know, there's endless life. We have the right technology. Everybody has good health. You know, there's no... There's no social inequities. There's no, it's just, it's just the utopia. And I feel like we are just, we're part of that journey to getting to that perfect place. So I definitely do already feel like we are, um, we're not alone. And I'm just very curious about it. And I want to know what is going on. I want to know, I think there's other life forms that are living like the Jetson lifestyle right now. Like we should be. I'm, I'm very curious about that. And I'm very curious of just about human psychology. I like, to understand people and why they do what they do. Yeah, we do get into, on the boondocks, we do get into, we find ourselves just kind of stumbling into the psychology of why these characters do what they do and why and how it still relates to everything that we're going through now and why we haven't really evolved as much as we should have. I love it. I've always loved it. Um, if I wanted to go to school for much longer, I probably would have gone to school to be, you know, a psychologist or psychiatrist, but didn't want to go to school for another eight years. And <laughs> that makes sense. And it's not obviously at this point, it's obviously not your calling. So, yeah. True. True. I think it's a part of just my sign and, and, and just my, you know, my complete, just who I am, just my makeup of who I am. Just a really, it's a deep empathy, I guess I'll say wanting to be able to understand where people are coming from and what makes them tick and what makes people think the way that they think. I'm, like I've said before, anybody can come to me with a problem of their own and I can help them figure it out in a heartbeat. You address myself. Like if I have that same problem, I don't know what to do. Like <laughs> I have no idea what to do. I can't figure it out. You know, so it's one of those things, but definitely a deep curiosity. And that's why, you know, education and continuing to educate yourself on whatever it is that you're curious about or that you love is super important. Absolutely. I love it. I love, I mean, cause the six questions, it, it, it definitely tells a lot, even in six questions, you know, and they very simple questions, but I don't like what you're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up on what you're putting down. Question number five. Is there anything I should have asked, but didn't? I like to always ask, what is your why? I like to ask people, like, what, give me your why. What motivates you? But I talk a lot, so I think I probably answered that question in the, in the first, you know, few questions there. 
<laughs> so yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there's anything I can think of. What is the most mundane thing about you? I would probably say one of the most mundane things about me probably would be like, I don't really care about like home design or like, you know, I'll get friends. I'm like, let's go to home goods and buy throw pillows. And I'm like, that doesn't sound fun. Probably because for a good amount of my twenties, I lived in a, you know, fraternity house um, with my husband and some of his frat brothers. So my idea about what makes home home is a little bit different, I think, than probably most, most women, most mothers, most wives. And I would say that's probably the most mundane thing about me. Like the least interesting thing is, you know, my home is lived in, it's, it's always, you know, clean and whatnot, but I just don't put a lot into the, um, aesthetic portion of, like I said, or, you know, making sure that there's a color design for the living room. Eh, eh, that's just not interesting to me. So probably that would, would I, if I would have to pull out anything. Yeah, that's a tough one. You tell me, you tell me on that one. <laughs> Where does that energy go? Because I think that's a common trait among mothers that, you know, that how they how their house looks Mm -hmm. and you know so where does that where does that energy go you think it probably goes into being very supportive for my husband and my children in other aspects I am my husband's biggest damn cheerleader I say all the time you know when he has won his NCAA D1 you know basketball championship because he will be a coach that everybody will know he will go down in history I always say this, my 30 for 30 is going to be lit. Like, they're going to have to give me my own 30 for 30 um, because I am going to have so much to say. I'm so passionate about his passion, and I'm passionate about my children and making sure that they're living their purpose and their passion. And I think the real reason of that is because I didn't develop what that was for myself until later. I was in my mid-30s before I realized what exactly I was here to do. Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? If I could create a new holiday, I would create a holiday that is referred to as Yes Day. You may have seen, and recently there's like a Netflix movie and it's been out for a while. The basis of it is like a day where you say yes to your kids. You're not allowed to say no at all. Um, and it's kind of supposed to like bring that innocence back, um, allowing you to see the world behind, you know, from a child's eyes. Great idea. This is not going to be the, you know, the, the idea behind my holiday of yesterday. Yesterday is going to be when you say yes to yourself, when you say yes to making yourself better, to improving upon an idea or to make something actually come bring it to fruition. Like I said, you know, I, I mentioned it a few times. I mentioned on my podcast and I think I mentioned it in this interview. I referred to, you know, all of last year and the Corona, I call it coronation. Yeah. It was the way of basically telling us, look, y'all sit down. You don't have this. I have it. Let's try to see if you guys can improve upon, you know, society. Let's see if we can improve upon our relationships. Let's see if we can really get back to being communal and caring about other people. I think that's what the, the coronation was about. And so I'm just kind of, you know, playing off of that. 
you know, allow us to really just tap into what our true purpose and passion is. And that's what yesterday would be about. It's you can't say no to anything. If you wanted to learn how to bake bread or you have a great, you know, bread recipe that you want to get out there, yesterday is going to be the day that you're going to put that out there. So it's really just a way for us to say yes to ourselves, you know, reconnect with our spouses, or our loved ones, reconnect in those relationships that maybe have fallen to the wayside and just saying yes to just living a better life and, and being a lot healthier in all aspects. So that's what I would, I would commemorate just a day of where no one can say no. And like I said, what you're doing is you're pursuing the best version of yourself or the best version of relationships, entrepreneurship, just all of those things combined. So that's what I would commemorate is a yes day. What time of year would you have yes day? Uh, It would have to be summer. It would have to be summertime because for me, summertime is when I have the most energy, when I feel like, you know, um, you know, that the sun is doing its work and it's letting people feel energetic and, and excited about the day. You know, I think that the weather definitely affects people more than they, than they realize or they would like to admit. So I would definitely say sometime in this summer, I don't want it to be around another holiday because I don't want it to be, you know, overshadowed by a three-day holiday or something else that takes place in the summer. So I would probably say, you know, maybe June. I think that'd be a good time since it's kind of the beginning of the summer. People are getting into their, their trips for the summer and, you know, planning on what, what they're going to do for the next three months. So I think that kind of starting off the summer with a yes day, that would be the, the most positive experience. And I think it would turn out the best results. It sounds like you've had this idea for a while. So how long has that been percolating? This time last year, exactly to the day, actually, is when we were all placed on, or at least most of the states were starting to be placed on a stay in shelter. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a heart attack about it. I didn't, you know, trip out the way that a lot of people did, saying that their lives were just going to be completely turned upside down. I immediately took it as a way for us to work on making ourselves better. And so it's just been something that's kind of carried over from my belief about what you know, our time being forced to be at home, what the purpose of that actually was. The actual yesterday, you know, um, name is something that I've heard of, you know, for a while. It's, you know, your mother and you pay attention to any kind of mommy blogs or anything like that. It's definitely been mentioned more times than not. Um, like I said, my kids get what they get. They're kids. <laughs> you get yes when I'll tell you yes. Other than that, uh, you know, I like I said, I think it's beneficial for adults to be able to take some time, step back, and just say yes to themselves, yes to others, yes to living the type of life that they see for themselves. We all have an idea of the quality of life that we want to live, and whether or not we pursue it actively, or if it's always just something that stays in the back of our mind, we all have a picture, and we and that's what we would like our lives to look like. So. Let's work on making that come to fruition. Let's make that happen. And I think the way to do it is, uh, you know, by starting by saying yes, not just to yourself, but to your passion, to your dreams, to those quiet conversations that you have with yourself, your innermost desire. Say yes to it. Don't question yourself. Don't talk yourself out of it anymore. You know, don't say I can't do it because of X, Y, Z. You can do it and you should. Yeah, it, it all just kind of derives from really having a different, outlook on what, like I said, the whole stay at home and stay in shelter and, you know, stay out of each other's face and stay in your house. That whole idea, um, it's just kind of springboard from that. 
and I am here for it. I think it's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, so maybe you never know. Maybe we'll be celebrating next year. Please tell everyone where you would like them to find you on the internet. Perfect. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter. My new website is being worked on now. But anywhere that you want to find me, you just want to look up the Mary Jane Maven. And that's M-A-R-I-J-A-Y-N-E-M-A-V-E-N. You can also find me on my podcast, which is weekly, Menage with the Mary Jane Maven. You know, where we uh, we provide a little bit of elevate, elevation, a little bit of edutainment. So it's going to be some entertainment and education. And if you guys want to get elevated and, you know, have a little nugget of Mary Jane, then that's where you're going to find me. As well as the Boondocks podcast that I am on. We record every Tuesday and then new episodes are released every Saturday. So you can find me through social media. You can find me through my podcast. Um, and like I said, you'll be able to find me through my website, which is being worked on now. And that'll be up and running hopefully by the end of the month. Fantastic. Mary Jane, thank you so much for uh, coming out and talking to a perfect stranger. I appreciate you. No, it's been my pleasure. I thank you so much. Thank you and say yes to leaving a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps the show grow and more people can join the conversation. Next week, we meet the mastermind who put together the Ladies of Woodcrest and then got out of the way as the producer of the Boondocks podcast and co-host of the How Are You Now, the Letterkenny podcast, Dean Giles. So until next time, see, hear it, speak it, live. Show's over. What are you still doing here? Are you still listening?